This episode of The First Three Knocks is brought to you by The Traveling Ambassador. With thousands of design options, The Traveling Ambassador can help design and produce your next commemorative challenge coin for your lodge or district. They also have a great catalog of existing pins on their website, ready to order. Check out their collection at www.thetravelingambassador.com. On today's episode, we connect with the Brethren of the Winding Stairs, Whence Came You, and What is a Mason. You're listening to The First Three Knocks, a Masonic podcast in the District of York, where we discuss topics for the betterment of masonry. The opinions discussed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not represent the views of Grand Lodge or any other Masonic body. Now, here are your hosts. Well, good evening, brethren. Welcome to the first three knocks. We have a really exciting show this evening. We're sitting down with three of the legends of Masonic podcasting. Uh, and of course, our very own Gino Escovio from the first three knocks uh, would very much like to welcome brother Robert Johnson from Round Lake, Illinois and uh, Whence Came You podcast. Welcome to the show, RJ. Thank you very much. Also would like to uh, extend a special welcome to Brother Juan Sepulveda from uh, Kissimmee, Florida, and uh, he leads the Winding Stairs podcast. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be with you, brothers. Thank you. And uh, last but not least, we have Brother Jared Stanley from uh, Lauderdale County, Mississippi, uh, who leads the YouTube uh, show, What is a Mason? Welcome, Brother Stanley. Thank you, brother. Happy to be here. And of course, uh, our very own brother Gino Scovio from the first three knocks. Welcome, welcome home, brother. Happy to meet, brother, and happy to meet. And I am uh, brother Bertellier, the uh, co-host of the first three knocks, and also here with us this evening is brother Steve Sprott, our talented producer, brother. And it is an absolute honor and pleasure to have uh, all four of you on the show. Gino, I'll throw you in there. I'll give you a little, a little. Uh, extra nudge on that one, but uh, we are very excited to have you guys on this round table this evening. Uh, Steve shared with us before we even started our show the how, how excited he was to be talking with you guys because you really had an influence on him getting involved in Freemasonry. So we're, we're really thrilled to be talking to you. And uh, for tonight, we wanted to just have a round table with you guys. I mean, you've got a boatload of experience uh, in Masonry and other bodies as well and uh, we wanted to to have it our first and I hope not our last discussion with you and I also hope we get the chance to see you guys uh, in the future live as well so I will uh, throw the first question on the table here and you guys can jump in uh, and, and answer it any any way you like but one of the questions we had for this uh, distinguished table was uh, what unique things are masons in your region doing during this uh, covid time to stay connected? And engaged. Well, Bert, uh, I'll give that a shot. So uh, here in Mississippi, I think what we're seeing is just a general trend of what you're seeing around the country. Uh, there are a handful of lodges that uh, those that are a little more tech savvy and a little more comfortable, and quite frankly, here in Mississippi, in areas of the state where internet connection can even warrant the use of, 
platforms like Zoom or other things like that. So uh, I am aware of lodges that are uh, meeting through Zoom. We never had to completely lock down the state as far as it goes for Masonic meetings. Uh, so we still had lodges meeting, not very many of them, uh, just those that had younger officers that weren't in that uh, restricted category, you know, over 65, previous medical conditions and things like that. So, so they were still holding some in-person meetings as well. But also tell you, I've seen a huge uptick in just uh, electronic text formats uh, in every different way. So I've seen an increased use of social media. I've seen increased use of emails. And um, I would, um, I'm a young guy, but I'm going to date myself by calling them e-zines, uh, you know, <laughs> little electronic newsletters, <laughs> uh, things like that. I have just increased in use. Uh, things that typically weren't being done before, but when the restrictions came in, people realized what resources were there and went for it. Right, right. Some some uh, quick adopters, huh? <laughs> That's great. That's great. Did you have the opportunity to, to attend some of those lodges during this time? I have been invited to many and the attender of none. Unfortunately, I stay pretty tied up. Yeah, yeah, very wise, very wise. How about uh, RJ? How about yourself? How uh, how are things going in your jurisdiction? Well, as you know, it, well, you, maybe you don't know. Illinois was uh, it usually follows the, the the lead of California of all things. We're like the California of the Midwest. Uh, some people think that sucks. Some people love it. But uh, so we we closed down pretty fast. And uh, when that happened, you know, south of uh, I-80 in Illinois, which is about a third of the way down, most people consider southern Illinois. And uh, because of the large rural, rural communities and the farming and whatnot that happens, uh, the community is a lot more dispersed. Um, so they don't necessarily see the same impact that uh, the coronavirus had had in Chicago in what we call the northeast area and the northern area of the state. So because of that, what we, uh, what we saw was a, a slight lag, just a slight lag in a response from Grand Lodge because, um, and not on their, not because they were bad or anything, uh, just because they, they had to wait and see. And then uh, as soon as the governor's order came out for the stay-at-home order, we had just had a, a, a stated meeting. And then seven days later, uh, the grandmaster, they, they issued a suspension of all, of all meetings until uh, May 1. And then at that time that they were going to re, uh, reevaluate the situation based on governor's orders. So when the governor mm -hmm. extended the order, what they did was they, you know, you got, Illinois is much, um, We've got a lot of lodges that really depend on the business meeting. And um, uh, maybe there's a little bit of a, a pull to want to always really, like the business meeting is the meeting, right? I don't know how to describe that, but so many people I think needed that meeting. The grandmaster ended up issuing um, a, a, a dispensation, lack of a, a better term for it. Uh, but it basically says, hey, uh, as you know, the governor uh, executed or extended his quarantine order. Uh, so it's going to be a little longer till we get back to the lodge. Uh, important that we follow the guidelines. You know, the grandmaster is really being putting his best foot forward to try to 
uh, tell lodges, look, this is, this is what we have to do. But in the meantime, they did something that was rather progressive. And I had only seen in one state previous, I think it was Colorado. Uh, but he basically said, uh, and I'll just read it. It says, in the hopes of allowing the lodges to handle the business of the lodge, we've put together a set of guidelines for the lodges to use to conduct online meetings. We're well aware, and this is the really progressive part that kind of took me back a little bit because this is not typical masonry in, in the way I've seen it. Uh, he says, we're well aware that some of our members do not use computers, and so they will not have the ability to attend these meetings, but we have to move forward and hopefully mm. we'll be back to the meeting in our lodge room soon. Then they issued a special set of guidelines for meetings and, um, Really, the way it's pretty locked in. There's no ritual. The master opens by acclamation. Um, and then one of the interesting things is nobody's allowed to visit. Right. No, no recording, no visitation. And all meetings, everyone that you intend to have, have, you have to get a special dispensation for. And you have to get your, you have to invite your, uh, your DDGM, your assistant area DDGM. A district deputy grandmaster and your area deputy grandmaster. So in Illinois, we kind of break them up into areas and then sub areas and assistants and all this. But um, so we've had one, uh, my lodge has had one meeting like that. I just requested a second dispensation for, for June five. Uh, and I think it's, it's kind of the way it's been. I don't know. I wish I'm going to love, and I love that my grand lodge is, is saying you have to request dispensation for this because now we're going to have some data that says, Hey, how many lodges out there really went for that? How many lodges requested? Yeah. Cause they don't have to, they don't have to mm -hmm. do this, but how many lodges did? Um, and, and as Jared said, um, it kind of forced this idea of a digital pivot and now we're taking full, um, advantage. Well, some of us were already doing that, but it forced a lot of other lodges to take full advantage of the the free tools that are out there, right? And then we see the the technology sector of the world totally, you know, assist in every way possible. I mean, what was it? Maybe five weeks after the whole thing blew up and almost every state had a stay-at-home order, Google mm -hmm. Hangouts opens it up for 100 participants at a time yeah. for free. Right. I mean, the world has responded so well to this. I mean, you know, God bless anybody who's had to deal with um, the actual virus or a death or anything related to it. But um, if anything, I, I think what we've seen here in Illinois, anyways, is a great resilience um, and a lot of a, a lot of support. And so uh, I've been grateful. Fantastic, fantastic! Great to hear. Great to hear in your your jurisdiction that uh, you're finding a way to move forward. Uh, Juan, how about uh, how about down in Florida? How is uh, how is that working in that region? Well, we we have been fortunate enough that there there seems to be a marked or a delineated difference between different regions of, of Florida. Uh, unfortunately, you have the South that really took uh, COVID really hard and it spread at a very rapid pace. But here in Central Florida, I, I think our our government officials they they acted promptly and they acted in, in an aggressive manner um to to try to stave off the the spread of this disease in in terms of masonry 
I we have been in communication, you know, sporadic communication with the, the Grand Lodge. They send out emails and they've shared videos, which I, I greatly appreciate. And pretty much recognizing that, given that Florida, of course, has a, a, a very large membership of, you know, Masonry has a lot of older members and Florida mm-hmm. has many older residents. Uh, especially here in Central Florida, so they have been very, very cautious when it came to asking that meetings were suspended, no education, no, no excuse to bring brothers together. Um, I do. I am a little jealous about uh, Robert Johnson's situation, where there, there were some directives about how to utilize technology to, to stay in contact. And, and I want to say that I believe it was because of a hope that this would blow over faster. Uh, I've heard from some lodge officers right. where they express, well, the reason we haven't done a lot of this digital reach out is because we thought, well, this is going to go by fast and we'll get back to lodge. It won't be any different than going dark during the summer, for, like many states do. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, here we are, unfortunately, 100,000 souls later. We recognize this is not going away like that. This is going to, you know, this, this is here to stay for a while. So we have to respond. And now the, the restrictions have been lifted by the Grand Lodge uh, with the encouragement that lodges follow all CDC uh, Center for the Seize Control guidance that they look at all the different measures to protect people if they were to open the meetings. And some lodges are taken up on that on that offer, including mine. My lodge is, is opening, but I unfortunately I'm not participating in my lodge, and I've expressed it to my worshipful master. I'm not yet ready to go uh, back to lodge, mm-hmm. so it was difficult for me to make that decision considering I'm one of the officers and um, they're very excited to come together, but I, I really, I can't, I can't, I have to take this very seriously. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to be cautious about it. So, but anyway, you know, in, in, in summary, the, the response has been swift. It has been decisive. I wish there was more flexibility when it came to meeting or using digital uh, get-togethers. My worshipful master had the. Uh, he was very kind to uh, to allow me and my my brother junior warden to organize a a get-together. So we had a digital meeting that was better attended that than a state of communication. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. So and and to my surprise, a lot of older brothers joined the meeting which I would have bet that oh, all the younger brothers who are always on podcasts and YouTube, those are the ones that are going to, to show up. No, nope. it was well attended by pretty much everybody who is active in the lodge. Fantastic. So, yep. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that, that really is one of the benefits of this situation. And it seems as though there's very few, but the forced pivot that's happening in jurisdictions and lodges is you got to think is, is going to stick at some point. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Yeah. 
Well, that's great. Uh, we'll turn our attention uh, up here in Canada. Gino, maybe you could share uh, what's happening in our jurisdiction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, it was a uh, cold sort of spring night. The three of us were at uh, the Scottish Rite building um, literally two nights before we got the official notice from Grand Lodge that uh, due to uh, public health advice here uh, within Canada, especially in, in Ontario, um, that all Grand Lodge uh, are all Masonic activities, uh, be it meetings, uh, social gathering events, uh, fundraisers, uh, projects, and, and again, fundraisers that we do for charities, um, all were to cease immediately. Um, and we've been sitting and waiting uh, since. We've received uh, many uh, correspondence through, um, you know, our, our district secretaries and our DVGMs here uh, with regards to Grand Lodge just kind of keeping us updated. Uh, I don't know how you guys have, uh, again, it sounds like you guys are slowly opening again and or getting some measurables. Uh, we were not able to do anything on a online platform as far as an official open of our meetings. Um, but a lot of us were able to band together and still be able to communicate with each other. I mean, we at the Rising Sun have a great group of fellas in the York District uh, as well. Um, so we always stayed good in touch, but I got to say, um, it's like Jared mentioned there, um, we communicate more now than we ever did before, which is fantastic. <laughs> you know, it, it's part of, I guess, our Mason way, just making sure that we're all okay and our families and friends are all okay. And so I guess it's just part of the checkup as well, right? Make sure mentally we're fine and physically we're able to continue um, because we're still in lockdown. Um, you know, again, we're listening to, our neighbors here in the south in different states uh, slowly getting into their opening stages. We've now been in stage one open here for I think two weeks and we just got another notice from our Ontario government with regards to an extension of our emergency state. Uh, therefore, um, we cannot get together with family or friends and groups uh, have to stay uh, within five or less. So again, we have received more notifications as uh, public health has advised us here in Ontario and in Canada. Um, Grand Lodge now has come up with the latest, the latest uh, statement that all Grand Lodge officers, unless they're not able to fulfill a second term, will automatically serve a second term. We were actually, again, just preparing for our Grand Lodge uh, communication in July. And I think it's the first year, um, obviously, in my time, <laughs> since it's ever been canceled. Uh, so it has been canceled. Um, you know, again, they're still advising that uh, until Health uh, Ontario and Health Canada suggest otherwise, um, we can't hold meetings with five people or less. Uh, so we're sitting and waiting and, and that's where we're at. Um, even now lodges are starting to slowly look at if they were stuck in between elections and installations and, and how that will look. Some are considering following and mirroring Grand Lodge and serving a second term automatically. And some are saying, well, if we're about to uh, enter into our summer break of uh, July and August, if things improve and we're you know, miraculously able to uh, have a 10 or 20 person meeting, uh, possibly come September, then we're, you know, be ready to reopen and I'm sure we'll be eager and ready to go. Um, but again, what we've done here in York District, as far as uh, where we sit, uh, a lot of brethren have banded together and um, mm -hmm. using Zoom. They're having their uh, regular meet and greets. They're putting a little bit of education. It's not anything official. 
Um, and again, we're utilizing technology to the best abilities that I think we're capable of doing right now. I think Grand Lodge is slowly recognizing that it might suggest that these may be improved changes uh, for the better. We were able to also have a podcast recently with a virtual lodge, and that was very new to us, and it certainly fit within the times of what we're experiencing today. Um, so yeah, we're like I said, we're just kind of still playing the wait and see. I'm very happy to hear that you guys are opening, and I think with uh, things improving on our end as well, um, that uh, we'll slowly be uh, right behind you guys as well. Yeah, that's um, a little more restriction here in, in our jurisdiction, I think, compared to to what you guys are facing there. But uh, we have seen a lot of connection happening uh, through technology, which is good. Uh, and Gino referenced the, the the one episode that we had recently with uh, regarding Castle Island Virtual Lodge. And I don't know if you guys have heard of this um, this lodge. Have any of you uh, come across that in your your travels or virtual travels? I've I've had the pleasure of attending and speaking with the worshipful master. It's a uh, it's quite a it's quite a forward looking opportunity for for brothers to connect. So yeah, I I have to agree. I had the the same experience. I think I I may have been on with Juan or with the Masonic Roundtable, um, but it was just interesting because in your first foray into something like a digital lodge, uh, it was just, um, shame on me. I'll just say that <laughs> shame on me because I was taking, I took maybe a couple screen caps to show my brother Scott because I said, this destroys the idea of ageism in technology. Uh-huh. Um, almost <laughs> all, I mean, my screen was filled with past grandmasters. Wow. Isn't that something? I was just like, maybe it's just Canada. Maybe Canada past grandmasters love technology. (laughs) (laughs) In my neck of the woods, they're like, now what's zoom? (laughs) But now of course, of of course, because of the, 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 the necessary, the digital pivot that everybody's had to make, everybody is now, you know, in it and they understand it and it's just kind of forced it. But yeah, Castle Island is, uh, is fantastic. Mm. So streamlined too. I love it. That was uh, one of the points that we really uh, enjoyed uh, discussing there was the fact that um, I think it was five, six years ago when it first kind of came to light, it was actually uh, kind of the, the the brain idea of many past masters who saw um, currently, I think the, the master that's sitting there, um, they saw the skill set that he was able to bring with technology and said, Hey, let's try this. And, and again, when we, he shared that with us on our podcast, it was just phenomenal to, to have that uh, forward thinking and support from kind of the, the higher above uh, as far as past masters go. So yeah, it was really nice to see that, uh, you know, uh, brother Sprott was on there. I wasn't able to attend, but uh, he said it was filled with uh, 200 members and worldwide and again, it was a great education piece and then a little bit of social meet and greet afterwards. It's fantastic. Yeah. I still remember my first reaction when someone brought up that it existed. And I was like, absolutely not. I no way. <laughs> Adamant. No, I was yeah. I wasn't even I wasn't even listening. There's no way. 
because all I could think about was ritual is something that is important to me. That initiatic experience, it's a profound one. And to even mess with it on a digital front, of course, I was wrong in my perception because they don't do degrees. This is for, uh, it's for master masons in, in, in above. So you have to have a regular initiation experience in a different lodge to be, to participate in, in Castle Island. And they conduct business in a very efficient way, uh, just like you would have in a uh, very efficient lodge. And then you have plenty of space and time for education, which when I finally warmed up to it and said, okay, well, I got to see what this is about. And I was so proven wrong. <laughs> mm. It was such a good idea. I'm like, absolutely. What happens to the brother that can't drive at night? Yeah, He, he has a place to go. What happens to the brother who has been on an accident or someone who has some sort of uh, physical disability and they can't necessarily travel to lodge? They have a place to go. What happens to the brother that's deployed in a military theater? He has a place to go. And the the more I thought about it and, and discussed it, I was I came to the realization this is an absolute great idea. <laughs> so it would change I, your mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I still like just throwing it up once in a while, saying something like, Well, you know, there's a lodge that meets online all the time, just as a point of contention, just to see like people's minds explode. <laughs> uh, not because they're not everybody knows about them yet. Um you know, and they're like, oh, well, we don't recognize that. Yeah, you do. They're in the list of lodges. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro. Uh, I, I just wanted to kind of add on to something RJ said uh, a little bit ago, but it ties into this whole little conversation. I know, I know we're talking about meeting virtually as a lodge, but <laughs> RJ talked about the the age factor and, and how that mm -hmm. kind of opened up his eyes. And I had something similar uh, happen here in Mississippi. So we took a huge about, I don't know, anywhere from 30 to 40 years, however you want to do the math, jump. Uh, we went from a database system for our membership database that was in DOS. It was it wow. encoded in DOS. Hmm. And, and now we're using the system that a large portion of the United States Grand Lodges are all on called Grandview. And there was, you know, not really concerned, but, but questions posed about how well was this going to be received in Mississippi with our higher uh, than average age and, and so on and so forth. And brethren, I cannot believe how many men 70 and above jumped into this thing. I'm talking head first, didn't test the water, didn't look to see how far the cliff was. They just said yes. And they all jumped in, in it. And because of that, uh, there's a brother, I'm going to call him out. His name's Bill Winters. And if you saw this brother walking down a hall at Grand Lodge, you would just expect him to be another elderly man that has reached that point of his life where it's a little difficult to walk down the hallway. But when you <laughs> talk to him, he still has a lot of life in his voice. And, and you wouldn't expect much more out of that. Just a great guy. But that man has jumped into the technology that has been presented to him and learned every little corner of it. That man reinstated over, uh, I think it was over three dozen men 
back into the lodge because he went through the records. He found those that were suspended in the last 10 years. He made wow. the phone calls. He updated the records. Bless his heart. You know, <laughs> outstanding. Just all those kind of things. So, and I did the same kind of thing RJ did. I, I go around and uh, when I see that happening, I'll take pictures. And anytime somebody goes, well, you know, I'm, I'm 60. I don't think I'm going to use any of that technology stuff. I'm like, oh, really? Here, look at this, brother. So, yeah, I, I love that. And no excuses. Well, you know, that, that, that's a great that's a great theme to see that happening. And in a, in a way, I'm not surprised because Masons are are known to to help other Masons and show the way. And, and so hearing those stories of that, that dedication to, to learning something new, you know, we talk about the daily pursuit of Masonic uh, education. I, I mean, my goodness, to think that to be doing that at that age and learning a new trick, how, how proper is that? It's just brilliant. You just said it, Bert, right? We never stop learning. Um, we're the- yeah is improving, whether it's, uh, you know, studying our working tools constantly. It's another tool in our, in our briefcase that we could use. And so uh, again, you know, just uh, when we started doing some of the zoom chats here, just to reach out to brethren and say, hi, uh, what I was finding was there were a handful of uh, uh, older brethren who weren't able to come to lodge anymore for whatever reasons, but they weren't missing zoom meeting. And these weren't even regular meetings or official meetings, so to speak. So I think, you know, having some form of virtual aspect, uh, like the rest of the brethren here, I was a little bit skeptical. How do you perform certain things and how do you do it? But uh, it, it's, it's, it's not a full lodge in that respect. Um, and like uh, Brother Juan said, you've got to be a master mason. You're initiated in a mother lodge. And then when you get to your third degree, you can certainly... Uh, enter and, and uh, be a member uh, or a visitor. And uh, as, as everybody pointed out, it's a fantastic way to allow us to continue to engage all members and basically leave no one behind. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, I think we need to see a little bit more of it in certain degrees. Uh, uh, sorry, not degrees with regards to ritual, but in certain degree, we got to see more of it so that again, when we come out of this, you know, um, like was pointed out, we're not going to come out of this a month or two from now where it's completely all behind us, you know? So we know, you know, the experts are telling us second waves are coming. It could be worse. So we do have to always uh, be concerned with our members. um, Those a little bit more vulnerable and elderly as well. And, uh, and so if this is a tool that we can put in place, um, now is the time. I love the idea that uh, brother RJ said that their district is, getting dispensation so they can use it as data points to measure how many members or how many meetings are being held to do that. I mean, it's just fantastic. So I think if we can find little drip points of all the districts throughout all lodges throughout the world, you know, we can come to a really perfect uh, point of how we can look forward after this is all uh, sort of behind us. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, you know, and I, I think, uh, you know, it was said a little bit earlier as well that what what's it going to look like coming out of here um, is probably a pretty significant change. And, you know, I'll, I'll pose that to the roundtable. How, how do you guys see things changing coming out of this this COVID situation for masonry in general? Well, I guess I'll take the crystal ball out first then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
You know, uh, I think on the surface, the maybe some of the easier topics that are uh, probably more likely for everybody to nod heads to. Uh, I think we've realized that there's other situations to plan for, uh, so we can have some plans in advance. Um, you know, I'll disclose to the point that I was on the phone with my grandmaster earlier today, and I know he's in discussion with the brethren that he needs to be in discussion with to think about how can we make it so lodges could continue to do initiations um, that still are our initiation, but are done in such a way that we can say, hey, there's a communicative disease out there right now, practice some common sense and follow our prescribed measures. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think we're seeing some opportunity to go, okay, Maybe we don't have to deal with this for another hundred years, but let's think about what kind of things can we put into place? What changes might we need to make to our law so that the next time something like this happens, we're, we can adapt to it more, uh, uh, a little more easily. I also think that now we have been forced to get a taste of what it means to be resourceful to fulfill that need for fellowship that need for education that need for uh connectedness so i think that masonry will go through some stages of adaptation in in the coming months and the coming years where it should become more resilient we'll be ready to engage in fellowship more readily some of the brothers that or, or jurisdictions or or lodges that perhaps didn't take advantage of that digital tools, the, the digital tools that opened up communication. When they miss that opportunity in the future, they'll be more readily available to jump on it. If it were because of a pandemic or any, any reason that they have to be a part, they'll be more prone to actually take advantage of these, of these tools. And, and I, I would hope that the brothers coming back to Lodge are going to demand a better experience when it comes mm -hmm. to Masonic education. It is completely unacceptable that here we are in, in, in an age where a phone can connect you to someone in the opposite end of the world in real time, including video and crisp audio, and we're not using that tool to connect with brothers around the world. We're not using it to move forward the the mission of taking good men and making them better so I, I'm, I'm hoping that brothers take take arms and demand a better experience in lodge and demand that masonic education that promises to help us be our best version in the future yeah i gotta kind of echo what my brothers have, have said already um when juan says that you know we can talk instantly to the other side of the planet I mean, Earth to the moon, the delay is, you know, one and a quarter seconds. <laughs> so <laughs> we don't have um, any real excuses for um, connection. I see on Facebook groups today, and, and I'm a member of several different Grand Lodge Facebook groups to kind of share relevant info or whatever. But what I see, sometimes people will ask a question like, about returning to lodge and, and things and and inevitably there's there's a few guys who just say things like 
I really miss my brothers. Mm. Uh, I just want to see somebody. And here's somebody and like, I'm not clicking and, and, you know, sniping their profile and seeing who they are. But the point is that I think that's interesting because then when you say, have you tried the zoom meetings that we're allowed to have, or have you right. just used, you know, free zoom services to like see people? No, I don't, I don't do that stuff. And then you think, well, it's really difficult because we can't be judgmental of people for not wanting to do that. I mean, so when I was a secretary, I still am a secretary, but for a previous lodge, I remember having a conversation with a guy named Wally and Wally told me that he was secretary for 40 years. My Lord. Okay. You know why he quit? Because my grand lodge went to uh, Mori, right? Which is like a digital system like Grandview or any of these other ones that are out there that is a member database for membership. They went to Mori and everything is in Mori now. And Wally said, I'm not learning that. And then the Grand Lodge said, and so he stayed on, but then the Grand Lodge over the course of two years started implementing fines to the lodge. If you sent them anything paper, like physical paper, they charge your lodge 25 bucks every time that they had to put something into the system for you. And eventually, now everybody's, you know, on Mori. But the advent of technology, it just, we have to use it for our benefit. I saw recently um, an old vintage magazine ad that was from Italy. Uh, and it was like 20, like 2016 or something. It was like this futuristic story about people. And they were like on these segways and in these bubbles. <laughs> and um, I thought, wow, I mean kind of far out right but not really since the magazine magazine was printing it's a vintage mag but like it was printed so long ago but it was almost right i mean we're on segways today and but we don't have bubbles and italy had like the, you know the the huge outbreak um and i just think about just i don't know it's just mind-blowing to me the way we see um the future happen with, with this virus now. And we're talking about, well, we have a, a vaccine or as Jared said, like if this is going to be a continual pro a thing, then do we like enact, you know, seasonal guidelines? If this becomes a seasonal thing, are there going to be seasonal guidelines of how to, you know, perform the degree rituals you know, zero contact degree ritual or, you know, whatever the case is, it's, it's really bizarre. But I also have to say that as Juan pointed out, the Masonic education online right now in the refracted light group on Facebook was like this weird startup that just exploded. It's got 3,500 members in there. Um, all of whom are somehow interested in Freemasonry in some respect. So you've got Masons, regular co-Masons, and um, maybe unrecognized Masonic bodies that are in there and, and some that are, that are. And, and it's a big group that nothing is discussed that's, um, you know, tile, tileable, mm -hmm. so no mm -hmm. secrets. But there's nothing wrong with talking about Thomas Paine's Rights of Man or talking about the Quadrivium or the Trivium or talking about practical masonry um so none of that is secret mm. so 
it's just been this explosion where there were like, there was just the other day, there were three presentations in one night, like seven o'clock, eight o'clock and a nine o'clock. You, I mean, it was shooting fish in a barrel for Masonic education. Wow. So, so when Juan said you got to demand a better experience, like what, how are we going to contend with that after this is over? Yeah. Um, The habit becomes the norm. It's, it's pushing it that way, which I think is, is good for Freemasonry. I think, uh, we, I, we need I that. think it can be good, but I think that, you know, so I, I'm going to sound like one of those brothers that I think most of us would kind of roll an eye at, but then listen because he's a brother and try to figure out where is he going with this? <laughs> um, I don't know if this is an actual concern to have or not. I don't know if uh, Castle Lodge is an example that can be looked at or what. But I can see the concern being raised that as the ability to physically return to lodge in our usual numbers comes back, that there will be those that say, you know what, this lodge in my lounge pants sitting back in the recliner at the house, that was kind of nice. I wonder if we can just have our regular meetings on camera and we'll only have a degrees four times per year, once per quarter Mm. or something like that. I don't know that anybody would go to that kind of extreme, but I hope as we progress forward, we don't try to think that this is some sort of one or the other thing. We We can go, Hey, now that we either had the time because we weren't physically in lodge or decided to put our resources to use because we were tired of being at home and wanted to do something with our brothers and all of this electronic Masonic education came out, we can do that and physically go to lodge and, and and get both experiences. So I guess my hope going forward is that it's not just a transition back to the way that we were, but a mix of some kind where we say, okay, I go to lodge, we hold business meetings, we perform degrees and maybe my lodge has a five, 15 minute education section at the end of it. But you know what I really do for education? I've got a meeting on Thursday. I got a meeting or go like Archie. I got a meeting at seven, eight, nine Friday night. And that's where I'm at, baby. You know, I, I think we can do both. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it isn't either or it's a, it's an expansion of an experience. We had this discussion on our episode with um, when we met with Castle Island Virtual Lodge. And uh, one of the things that that they had said is we're not try- we can't replace um, ritual. There is there is a need for ritual to be physical in the cues that goes behind the ritual that can't be done over a computer screen. So we don't attempt to do that. That's not what we're after. We're trying to provide another option, another way of connecting. And I think that really is the beauty of of bringing these two together. Yeah, if you think about the desire of a man who joins masonry what what does he come to masonry for and you know the answer he comes to improve himself right now what tools are at our disposal to do that do we have to limit that improvement to only whatever traditional methods we've had in the past whatever traditions we've inherited from the brothers who came before no, we, if we're astute, we look at the broader picture. We look at the rest of the world, the rest of the business world, organizational world, 
even nature and see what tools do they use? How, what are the most effective ways to take one man from a place of confusion, darkness, and chaos and bring him up to a place of clarity, light, and, 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 and fulfillment? If we are honest with ourselves, there are many tools at our disposal and we're neglecting the majority of them. So what I'm expecting and I'm hoping happens is just like Jared was saying, it doesn't have to be an either or, but there has to be that demand for excellence. Mm. We, people who are outside of masonry think that we are the greatest thing ever. They think that we do everything right. They think we're in control of everything. And we, we try to keep it uh, on the down low, but we don't. Now, what, what would happen if we make it our mission to actually make the outsider's expectations true? That we are within a fraternity that gives us the tools and the training to build ourselves to our maximum expression and thereby having an even greater impact in our families, in our community. If we were to do that, and we have the opportunity, everyone's rooting for us. The ones who don't even want to join us, they, they, they have an expectation. But the people that want to join, they want to go through that, the, the threshold and find excellence. Let's give it to them. Well, brethren, that is uh, excellent insight for you to share with us this evening. Um, we are absolutely privileged to spend time with you and, and learn from your experience and your, your deep insights, uh, not only on your jurisdictions, uh, but from your experience in Freemasonry and beyond. So we here, the first three knocks want to thank you for investing some time with us because um, we're better for it and we learn from it as well. And, and I have to say, Gino, I think you'd agree with me we would love to meet you guys uh, in person at some future point. I don't know when that point can be given this current situation, but uh, please, please know that um, we have a very high interest in, in coming to see you all because uh, you have, you have some great insight to share and uh, we appreciate it. We would love that. It, Thank you. If we could sneak across our closed border right now with you guys <laughs> have stuff to do. So we'll, we'll find our ways. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we will find a way, and I I hope at some future point we get to connect, uh, maybe at a at a Masonicon or some other event that uh, that brings us all together. So, so with that, um, we will say thank you to you for this evening, and uh, hope that you all stay safe and healthy, and uh, happy to meet. Sorry to part. Happy to meet again. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The First Three Knocks. Happy to meet, sorry to part, happy to meet again.